wait, we're on that quick. <laughs> is that true? Christina, is that we we're on? Um, waiting for the notification. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're live. Jack Kelly live with a great disengagement today. We're on that quick. <laughs> is that true? Oh, wait, Christina, I hear it bouncing we, back. Are you hear that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Stop bouncing back. That was bizarre. <laughs> All right. So it's interesting. So like we, we do it through Zoom, but then it goes through LinkedIn Live. So sometimes it takes a while to kind of get the quirks out. But hey, we have a really good show today. Very interesting. You're going to love to hear about it. And I got a feeling a lot of you are going through what we're talking about. Uh, the whole premise is about the great disengagement. You know how you have a great resignation, the great reshuffling. Well, I'm trying to kind of come up with my own term too. You know, I want to get something out there. Everyone else has the great something or other. So I think I have to come up with a great disengagement. And what, what that means is this, and be curious if this resonates with you and you've been going through it or you know people going through it. Over the last two years in the pandemic, we've been going, working at home, everyone being remote, maybe a little hybrid. and you know, first was great. I shouldn't say it was great at first, but over time it became great in the sense that you had autonomy and freedom over your life. You know, you could, if you like working later at night as opposed to the morning, you can do that. If you had young children, you could bring them to school and pick them up. In places like New York and New Jersey where the schools closed, you know, you were able to kind of teach your kids and, and, and keep them busy and occupied. So there are a lot of good elements about it. You're able to do the events with, with your family. But what's lacking is that you lost connection with your job and your coworkers. You know, everybody has this kind of work husband, work wife, your little clique of friends. And if we were only home for a few months, that would be one thing. But after a year, two years, it frays. You lose those connections. And for many of us who were cautious and didn't want to catch or spread COVID, kind of pull back from our social circles. So I think what happened is that you have a whole large group of people who just feel disengaged from everything. Disengaged from their extended family, from their friends, from their neighbor, from their job, from the people they used to work with, because you just didn't have those meetups that you used to. So then once you have that coupled with remote work where after a while, you're feeling isolated, you're feeling alone, and you kind of wonder, hey, does anyone even know I exist? Then you put on another level where during the pandemic, we all saw people like Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, just making millions and billions more, and where the vast majority of Americans were just trying to hang on. I think it was like 80 million Americans lost their jobs, were fired or furloughed. So then you have this disconnect between these CEOs and big executives. And I'm not bashing people who are wealthy and successful because that's great. That's the American dream. But I'm just pointing out that the gap that grew, the, the, the wealth inequality between you know, the Jeff Bezos's and Mark Zuckerberg's and everyone else, just sky, it was just so huge. So it becomes easy for people to feel, I just, I don't feel like I belong. I feel like I lost out. 
I, you know, I don't see my friends anymore. I don't see my colleagues anymore. I don't really leave my house too much anymore. And you get this feeling that you're not connected with anything. And the statistics show something I want to see is cut. It's writing it down because like the numbers are staggering. Only in a survey by Gallup, you know, big polling organization, 33% say that they're engaged, just 33. And you got to wonder about the 33 because, you know, when you do these polls, you're always wondering who, they're going to know who kind of said what, so maybe you hand it a little bit. But then 50% said they're just showing up, which, which is frightening. So that now we have this environment where people feel left out of society, not connected to work, and that has to take an impact on the company, the worker, and the clients. Let me throw that, Mike, Christine, what, what do you think about this whole thing? Have you given much, you know, thought to this whole kind of disengagement that's going on? I think the pandemic was the perfect recipe to cause the disengagement. Uh, you gotta love how everything that's not great starts with the word great. The great one, <laughs> the great I never thought of that. Wait, wait, wait. So everything, I'm just, wait, the great Houdini. Uh, well, there Is you that, go. That, but then I don't know. Did how did he end? Did he end badly? Did something happen to him? So <laughs> I don't know. But I do agree with you that I think that this is a time where people just start feeling disenfranchised. You know, the top ten world's uh, billionaires increase their wealth by one point three billion dollars a day, which a day. is fifteen thousand um, dollars a second during the pandemic. And how many people lost their jobs? or just were unhappy or stuck at home, um, like disconnected from the rest of the world. Um, I think a lot of things also went into people feeling disengaged, like poor treatment from their employers, low pay. Um, also during this time, people uh, reevaluated what work means to them. And I think upon reassessing and reevaluating, they no longer con uh, felt connected to their work. They're like, what am I doing? So there definitely is something to it. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I, I think a lot of it has to do with how you define or, you know, under, understand the word engaged or disengaged. Um, I'm trying to relate it personally to myself, you know, and, and our work environment, you know, uh, yeah, mid-sized, small to mid-sized recruiting firm. But I, I would say that I feel engaged, um, you know, based on the several times a day, you know, that we all get on a call together, you know, whether it's video or just an audio uh, to, that, to that regard. Um, so I, I think it, it, it really has to do with the type of job you're in. Um, I mean, granted, uh, you know, crunching those numbers and realizing how much the, those, those, you know, aforementioned billionaires make um, is just, you know, mind blowing and staggering, really can't compare it to my own life or, you know, I think in general. But, um, you know, if you're successful at work, at least personally, my feeling is, you know, again, I do feel engaged uh, at the firm, you know, trying to work our best and, and, um, you know, it might be a little bit uh, biased or, or preference. So, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Mike, let me ask you this. As, yeah. as a recruiter, when you mm. speak to candidates, uh, let's just take for the last couple of years, mm -hmm. do you feel a difference? Because you've been doing this, you know, 20 plus years, that they complain more, they're unhappy more, they just feel like they don't, you know, they don't gel with their company or boss? 
You know, um, I, I, I'd say, I'd have to say yes, but, but not in a clear, you know, like um, aberration of the way it was previously. Um, so, because it's really, you know, hit or miss, like over the years, thinking back, you know, um, beyond five years, say 15 years, 20 years ago, um, you'd still would find where, you know, oh, this happened, or, you know, I hate my boss. So I think it really, it depends personally on people. So uh, honestly, I'd have to say, I don't necessarily um, feel that of late, uh, the, there's a clear majority, more people are, are complaining in that regard. Um, and, yeah, and it's what I hear, because it's yeah. interesting, because like, when I, when I speak to folks, let's say in Silicon Valley, they, their mindset is so different, where it's, it's okay to spend a year, do, do a tour of duty. Uh, that's kind of a spoke with somebody, so chief people officer just yesterday was saying that tour of duty, meaning that you go there, you work, you learn, but then you kind of say, okay, I, I'm, I've kind of learned all I can. I network and I'm going to go to the next place and then do the same and the same. And I didn't realize until recently that the turnover rates in Silicon Valley is just off the charts. So they have a kind of a different approach where I don't, I don't think either side cares about engagement. It's almost sort of mercenary, if you will, where, hey, I'm going to learn as much as I can, get as many stock options as I can, maybe wait for it to vest, and then go on to the next one and so on and so on. You also have the whole gig economy. Now, some people have no choice. They fall into it. But saying, hey, I just don't want to work for this company. I'd rather make my own hours, do my own thing, work when I want, don't work when I don't want. So I think that's also part of it. Um, yeah. what, what do you see, Christine? Well, Rachel just commented, she's saying people are tired. They're tired of taking on more with the same pay yeah. and no end in sight. And I, I get that. I feel like a lot of people these days are asking themselves, what's the point? You work so hard and you have 7.5% inflation. So then unless you get a raise, you have less buying power. So it's like, why even put in the effort and the time when there's really no reward or no payoff, literally no payoff? It's, it, it's probably exacerbated too, when if you work for an organization and the CEO is taking home Let's not even talk like, you know, the 0.1%, the, the but just the very wealthy CEOs and executives, they're taking home multi-million dollar packages and they don't have to worry that much, but yeah, but you, everyone else is working really hard, long hours. You know, studies will show that during the pandemic, everyone's working way longer, nights, weekends, in part because there's not much else to do, but also kind of worried you want to hold on to your jobs. You know, I, I can attest to that on, on almost everyone I speak to. Um, most of them over the last two years have, you know, been 100% remote or, or for the most part working, you know, from their home offices, et cetera. Uh, and I do hear um, almost across the board that they're actually working longer hours, uh, you know, and so forth. So that's uh, de definitely evident. Um, yeah. So, uh, and lastly, Jack, to your point about like the tech industry and people doing that, you know, mercenary or like working for a year or something, I'll say this, that I, I do know from tech going back on from like 2005 to 2010, um, I had a family member that was a, a, a senior IT person in one of the bulge bracket, you know, global financial firms. 
and he would tell me that you know whenever he'd hire someone a really good superstar if they were learn you know if they were using or somehow the work tied into the the current you know hot language or area in tech that the people would stay but then as soon as the next thing came around and this firm wasn't doing that they would just move on to want to continue to learn and, and gain more you know uh, more exposure to different languages or a different type of system or what have you. So I think that's been prevalent in, in technology for, you know, way longer than the, the pandemic uh, had started things. Makes sense. You, and you, like, I think, you know, you often hear that the pandemic accelerated everything. So you could have, you know, what you saw with, with that uh, person, but now instead of five years, it might be a year or two years that you're just jumping because there's new technology just constantly. So I get, so you kind of, I, I get what you're saying is they want to learn this and maybe, maybe it's not even the disengagement part. It's more of like, I want to learn this new cool thing because that's going to, you know, earn me more money and give me a better career. Um, so that also is a different kind of way of disengagement in a way. It's almost like, okay, Hey, I'll learn what I can learn. But then when I'm done, I want to get onto the next cool thing. So I'm not really connected with my company. I'm connected with what can I learn? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. that, that's called thank you next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and, and yeah, see the challenge too with 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 it when you're disconnected, with you're disengaged, is it has this cascading effect that you know we've all had this. You're in the office. Let's let's go back to when we were all in the office together. When I say we, not just us, the collective we. You're in the office. There's always that person who is a little toxic, maybe not horrible, but a little toxic. And if it's allowed to fester, it just starts growing like a cancer. And that's the kind of person who gossips, they talk about the boss behind the back, they start rumors, they complain, they, uh, they try to kind of shirk the responsibilities and dump it on everyone else. And, and then the rest of the people start saying like, what's, this is not cool, what's up with that? And then they start wondering why is the you know, manager not doing anything? And then they get upset. And now in this market, it's very easy to say, you know what, I'm just going to quit. I'm going to leave. And then you leave. And now it's hard to hire. So you end up having the other people do more work and the other people get resentful they're doing more work because why aren't you hiring somebody? Why are you making go on 10 different interviews and not making an offer? I'm going to leave too. This is ridiculous. And then it just, it snowballs. And then when it relates to the customers, and we've all been with it, we've all seen this firsthand. How many times do you, you know, try to get in touch with a company, a big company, and you have an issue and you go through either their chat boxes or their 1-800 numbers, and you're just treated so rudely, so abruptly that you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to use their services again. And I think that's a consequence of when people are just burnt out. You know, can you even imagine if you don't take care of those customer service people who are on the phone all day listening to complaints, it's very easy for them just to be completely disengaged. But then I think there's a next level of just almost sabotage. Like, you know what, you know, F this, F that, I'm tired of it. I'm sick of these complaining customers. I'm, I'm sick of the boss. And yeah, I'm just going to do the very least I could do. So then it's not good for the mental health of that person acting out of kind of anger, bitterness. It's not good for the customers who are calling up who need help, who feel abused. And it's definitely not good for the company because it's a bad reputation. So this kind of disengagement part, kind of it kind of creeps into everything and kind of ruins everything. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, as a matter of fact, yeah, you know, I, I can remember 
working at, at uh, a company joining and I was told almost from day one, oh, don't talk too much to this person, you know, because again, you, you mentioned like the cancer, he's a complainer, he you know, <laughs> whines about everything, um, why everything is wrong and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and it definitely, it feeds off. It brings you down. It just, yeah, it just, and, and I find just, myself saying, you know, well, you know, things are so bad. I would feel like going to the person I didn't, but saying, well, you know, things stink here so bad. Why are you still here? Just, you know, leave or, or go have you. But, you know, I learned very fast that that absolutely has a, a negative effect and seeps in on your psyche and on your work production and efforts and everything. Um, and to your point about these customer service people, you know, almost like, right, sabotage, they, they wind up being so bitter and overworked. And, and if they're overlooked and not, you know, taken care of, addressed, you know, the right way to encourage engagement, um, they may even, you know, treat, treat the other person who's calling in rudely, just thinking, well, you know, I'm just so angry and mad, I'll, I'll ruin the company, you know, so actual sabotage versus just, you know, uh, cutting corners. So it could be, you know, very, very detrimental. There's, there's, there's another aspect too, where today I just wrote about for Forbes, where Microsoft is saying, hey, you know, we, we think things are better now, cases are down, kind of gave, gave some data points and are saying we have people come back. I want to say it's like by uh, February 28th, they're kind of starting the whole process and giving people, you know, a heads up. Hey, if you have children in school or you need childcare or what have you, to start making plans because we want you to come back in a hybrid situation. And Microsoft is one of those, you know, big tech bang companies where, you know, uh, when somebody, when they do something, they're usually emulated by other tech companies and other companies outside of tech. You know, they're kind of a leader in that respect. And what will happen, I, I, would, I would presume you're going to start to see a lot of companies now saying, okay, particularly, and we wrote a piece about this at Forbes too, where about 10, 11 states and counting have kind of withdrawn a lot of their mask mandates and other restrictions, kind of signaling that, hey, we're heading towards the end. And so when and when, I'm not gonna say if, when people start going back, whether in full force, in hybrid, in waves, there's another thing you have to look at and it could be disengagement as well. There was a SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management study a little while back during the pandemic that had some really eye-opening results. Basically, in a nutshell, the managers who self-reported were like, they, they didn't like the remote workers. They would forget about them. They would neglect to bring them into Zoom calls. They kind of felt that, and I'm paraphrased, that they were annoyance. So a, a thing to avoid for people who are watching this now and who watch this later, if you go back, if you stay remote, or you go hybrid and you're only there a couple of days a week, you want to kind of make sure that, that you get in front of your managers, you kind of reconnect old connections, you make new people, you know, build your network, because it's very easy to become a second-class citizen and be forgotten, particularly if it's a large company. If you're, if you're in a work at a company that has you know, 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 people, even if you're in the office every day, you could get forgotten. But then if you're just at home alone, it's going to be hard to shine. And then you're going to feel left out. And it'd probably be worse now than even during the pandemic. In the sense of pandemic, you could rationalize. As a pandemic, we're all going through this. 
But as, as we start going back and people going, you know, getting back and you feel like, oh, I'm, uh, no one knows I exist. That, that can lead to a lot of disengagement, a lot of unhappiness, a lot of more resignations. And, and I, I just want you guys to be prepared for that and kind of keep your eyes open if you start feeling that. In fact, maybe what we could do, Christine, are there, are there suggestions or any ideas that with the idea that hopefully, God willing, we're getting back to the office, whether remote, hybrid, not everybody, because studies show the vast majority don't want to go back and they'll quit if forced. But the way managers and leaders could do things to just make sure that their, their people are engaged, they're involved, and, and they're looked after. Pauline actually asked a question. She said, what role do you see compensation plans and employee benefits playing in helping companies solve this problem? That, that's, that's a great question. I think it's a combination from what speaking to, you know, I've been, I'm in a fortunate spot. So in addition to recruiting, when I'm writing for Forbes, I get to speak to all these CEOs and executives and chief HR folks and what have you. So I get kind of a mix of what people are doing. And what I'm finding out is it's kind of a cocktail of things that uh, companies are, and they're not all doing this together. You know, some have different preferences, but it's a combination of no particular order, showing empathy and caring. That's a big thing. You, you wanna reach out to your people and, and ask them, how are they doing? How are you doing? Kind of on a, like on a one-on-one. -on -one. So you really get a feel for a pulse of what's happening in your organization. And then when you ask them, it's very human to get defensive if they give criticism and, and, and negative feedback to, to the manager. So what you, you, you wanna do is absorb it, don't react to it, listen to what they have to say, and then start acting on it and start delivering. That's one aspect. Another aspect is, is easy. You could show appreciation and gratitude so that if someone does a good job, there's this place called Work Human where they have this like social recognition um, online. So if someone does a good job, Michael Toller does a good job, they'll go in the intranet for the company saying, hey, this is what Michael Toller did and congratulate him. And he might even get a financial reward for it. So that's kind of, this is tech equivalent to, to like when I started working, you just get a pizza pie, you know, have a list sent out for pizza. It'd be that, but it's, it's kind of, you know, the current version of that. Um, big thing is money. Let's be frank. It's, you know, it's almost a cliche and a meme when you hear, Hey, I can't find anybody. I can't hire somebody. And I see this in TikTok a lot. I can't hire somebody. I can't find anybody. And then the other person will say, well, have you tried paying more? You're like, what? Pay more? <laughs> no, no, that's not how it works. And, and yeah, you, you know, and, and probably everybody watching this has been through that where it's like, yeah, you know what? How about you pay me more? Instead of, instead, of, instead of having, you know, whatever ridiculous things you're doing at the company, right? we don't want kombucha on, top, on tap. We don't need a ping pong table. We don't need a corporate jet. Hey, you could pay us more. How about upskilling, you know, so that, and I think Mike Toller spoke about that in tech where people want to kind of move on and switch jobs because they want the newest tech. Well, instead of having that happen, why don't you go to your people and say, hey, would you like to learn something new? Would you, you know, would you like to be upskilled and learn, maybe you want to learn to code. Maybe you want to learn to get into cybersecurity or data anal analytics. Maybe you want to pivot to something different and stay internally. So companies are starting to have these programs to do that. Um, surprisingly, Amazon, um, 
Walmart, Target, they're all offering free college tuition. Now, to be fair, it's mostly online, but they feel, hey, if we offer free college tuition, that's a great way to attract new employees, to retain new employees, and then to skill them so they may rise in the ranks. Places like Walmart, and, and I, I didn't know this too, you know, recently, you have a lot of people in the C-suite who started out just, just packing shelves and schlepping boxes around, but then they kind of go throughout the organization and, and, and go there. Um, another thing what people are doing is um, spoke to um, the uh, chief uh, head of uh, HR at uh, the startup called Notion, where they, they take, I've heard this other places too, just take a week off collectively. And it doesn't mean like, Christine, you have a week off this week, I have it next week, and so on. No, this is the whole company takes a week off. And the theory is this, that if everyone takes the week off, you don't feel that pressure if you're on vacation to pick up your phone, to, to respond to Slack messages, you know, to do whatever. So this way, everybody could just disconnect and just chill and have a week off and just, just refresh and then come back feeling better. Now, that's some of it. I don't, I don't want to keep going on, but, but I think that's a feel for some of the things that companies are trying to do. And uh, it's interesting, the New York cynic uh, in me, because I grew up in New York, it's hard not to be cynical. So I think part, you do have executives who are doing these things, not because they love doing these things. They rather take the money for themselves and not bother with all these niceties, but they know if they don't do it, if they don't do it, their people are going to quit. Or they're going to be disengaged and just go through the motions. And that, as we talked earlier, that's not, that's not good for anybody. But then I do feel there's a new generation of managers who get it. The new generation of managers who, who are saying, you know what? I started working. No one cared about me at all. No one cared about my mental health. No one cared about my well-being. They didn't care if I was burnt out or not. And now that they're in leadership positions, they say, you know what? I, I want to make a difference. I want to make a change. I want to make the lives of these people better and figure out how to do it. So you have a little bit of both. Um, and it'll be interesting how it plays out. A any, any thoughts, Chris, Mike? To go with what you were saying, um, employers can't fix a problem that they don't know exists. So companies need to before things get worse, need to implement some way to measure employee engagement. I think first before anything, that way they can come up with solutions to fix it. But right now, what are companies doing to assess uh, employee engagement? That's a really good question. Like, let's what 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 do you what could you do? Like, I guess survey micro surveys or what? What do you think? I think anonymous surveys, because people might, you know, if you, if your employer is surveying yeah. you, you can be like, yes, I'm 100% engaged. <laughs> so I think yeah. uh, an anonymous survey just to measure, because otherwise, how will you not know that, how will you know that people aren't engaged? You need to be actively measuring their engagement and not in like a, a big brother type of way, but just, just so that you can work on implementing these types of programs for your employees. You know, I'd have to say I, I agree with you 100% there, Christine, and and the the anonymity factor is absolutely important. Um, I'm thinking back to the old days of, you know, remember like a companies you'd see in a movie or something, you'd see the proverbial suggestion box, you know, <laughs> not necessarily the same thing, but in a way, you know, it, it might open up some doors as to what's wrong, you know, and how things could be better fixed. You know, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Mike. I'm thinking back, I, you know, I could kind of... 
I can't remember physically seeing a suggestion right. box, but I remember that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Take. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and uh, and you know, Jack, everything you just went over as far as you know the monetary, uh, you know, increase. Um, uh, you know, addressing things better, better benefits or, you know, uh, compassion, empathy, you know, maybe one-on-ones now and then. Um, I agree. I think there are a lot of managers who are, are different now, you know, kind of up and coming that do recognize that. And I also think because um, even the old staid, you know, um, up, upper, you know, C-level executives of, of, of companies, because of everyone knows that the job market is so tight and you know there's probably a greater fear than ever of losing employees you know to a competitor or just having them resign so i think definitely the empathy factor you know the the engagement factor is going to be there and um uh you know the door is open for a lot of changes you know um almost you know across the board in the workforce where uh, the CEOs and, and the C-suite people are going to realize the importance of this and take steps to uh, to counter the disengagement and encourage engagement. What do you think? What do you think about having? Because I've heard companies they'll have like outings, or they'll have like some in person now that things are getting a little better in person or out of the um, or online kind of affinity groups, you know. Um, maybe having people of a certain heritage get on and celebrate something. And it doesn't have to be just those folks, but others can join along. It could be, you know, working parents who want to just to have kind of a video call or in-person call just to kind of chat and say, hey, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about school? What are you doing about how? What do you think about that aspect to get people engaged, to go on a camping trip, going on a rafting trip, having these Zoom calls, having these affinity groups? Do you think that would kind of bring people together? I would pull the employees because sometimes when you're told you have to take this trip, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's burdensome. It's not for my well-being. So I think it you definitely would have to pull and see what they what your employees want. And I think we we do hear about, you know, a lot of companies that have like those Slack channels with like uh like sub subgroups for different people so that they can kind of assemble and like connect with one another. And I think that that's great. Um, but then with the disengagement, you do worry that cancer could spread that way. Cause who was it? Google, where they like shut down their Slack channel so that employees wouldn't like uh, continue with like any toxic talk. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's interesting. Cause right. You want to have, I, there's a couple of those tech companies where um, I think right around the elections where it just got so heated, right? They had to shut it down. So, so you want to bring it together, but then instead of making it positive, you have everyone fighting and arguing with each other. And then I hear what you're saying too. Like if they said to me, okay, um, we're going to go on an outing and we're going to go camping. And I, I took, you know, my kids camping, like when they're in the scouts, you know, and my daughter was an honorary boy scout because she liked the boy scouts better than the girl scouts. So she came along and I, I did not like the camping trips. It was cold. Everything was wet. <laughs> it always seemed to rain. So like that to me, I think that's what you were alluding to, Christy. Yeah. That wouldn't be like fun at all. That would be like torture. Unless it was glamping. I could do that. That would be okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, then I'll be like, oh, sure. <laughs> I'll go. What, what better way to engage employees <laughs> than to have them choose how to stay engaged? <laughs> right. right. 
Right. And, and you know what, I, I do agree with you that, you know, sometimes, Christine, those, those uh, people would at, at companies would maybe roll their eyes a bit, you know, if you want to call it like a retreat or, you know, kind of a, a communal, uh, you know, um, um, management, you know, uh, uh, affair or event to get away for a, a weekend or two. Years and years and years ago, when I worked for a Citibank, we had that uh, we went up to like the Catskills or some hotel or something for a couple of days, you know, and it was to formulate this New Year's business. How was it? Did you like stuff. it? But uh, I got to tell you, it backfired where, you know, people were just kind of fooling around, you know, going to the, the cocktail lounge. And and if anything, um, there was just a lot of eye rolling, you know, behind the managers and the boss's eyes. So it, it you know, it sounds good, but it doesn't always work out. Is, is it because, is it because, and I've, I've just come to, to hear this term and I don't know enough about it, like, I don't want to say toxic positivity or something something similar to that, where it's that for it sounds like they were forcing, okay, you're gonna to go to the Catskills and you're gonna have fun, whether you like it or not. And, exactly. and then it's like, wait, 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 come on. I'm not, I don't want to go up there, I have allergies. I don't want to go up in the Catskills right. in a in a little bungalow. And now you're I'm being tortured. I, 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 I yeah. will say that we talked a lot about you know, the negativity, but I think there are positives that are coming out of like this, like worker resentment where we do see more companies and more employees trying to unionize. I think that's a positive aspect. They're using that resentment to unionize. And also if people aren't happy, we've seen 4 million people walk away from their jobs. So they're disengaged, but they're also re-engaging. So I think in those two areas, I think it's a positive. That's so right, because like, you know, with, uh, give you an example with Reddit, the anti-work, is, is this anti-work group that they call themselves idlers, and they had like 1.7 million, but then they had some, they just had some, some uh, they had some weird issue with Fox, Fox News, business news, and, and I don't know, I don't know how many they have now or what's going on, I have to check it out, but this, the, the, the they were kind of with a, a brush stroke, a broad brush stroke, making it sound like, hey, we don't want to work. We hate working. We want to burn everything down. But that's not the case. It's kind of what Christine mentioned. It's more of, hey, I don't like what I'm doing now. I'm not being treated fairly with what I'm doing now. I have a micromanaging boss who's a jerk. I'm not paid fairly. I'm taken advantage of. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to quit and I'm going to leave it. I'm going to do something different. And they're not sitting on their couch watching you know, Netflix all day. They're just going to find something different. And something that they feel valued and appreciated. So yeah, it's yeah. There's that's one of the benefits of a high job market is that you're not stuck. You can kind of you're portable. You can move around, and you don't have to put up with you know jerks. Yeah, and we've seen Starbucks employees, Amazon, and um, I think even Google workers just try to unionize. So people are are taking charge. They they're angry and they want to do something about it. How do you think this would all play out? You know, you know, looking forward two years, three years, five years, do you think it's just going to keep going this way? Is it going to revert back to the way it was? I don't know. We are seeing a lot of pro-worker legislation, so I'm kind of excited. I think I think we're due for a change. So I'm I'm gonna think positively yeah. on this one, yeah. which another, is a new concept for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing too is a four-day work week, which is taking we just wrote about like Belgium is doing that now, and there's like Belgium, Iceland, Spain. You know, a whole bunch of other places, a whole bunch of there's like I think I just we just wrote about what like 50 companies here in the US and Ireland and the UK or we're, we're doing a pilot program for four day work weeks. So yeah, it's 
they're trying like the, yeah there's a lot of new things being tried out yeah I, I would have to agree I, I think you know I, I put myself in the category of being cautiously optimistic that the changes will uh, take hold and, and remain in place yeah the, the thing that gets that that worries me is this is this is all built upon having a good economy and a robust job market and except for the last few weeks where the stock market and cryptocurrencies have been kind of correcting it's been very solid. But then what happens? I hope it obviously I hope it doesn't. What happens if it's all of a sudden the market crashes, real estate goes down, the market, the job market is really cold. Do you think leadership will say, all right, let's go back to the way it was and just dismantles everything that everyone has worked so hard to achieve? What what do you think? You know, I don't know if it would be so much leadership directing that, but you know, if the economy is bad and, and you know hurting it, as you said, I think people, you know, just desperation. Everyone has to eat, whether they have families or not. You know, uh, have some sort of shelter and everything. So I, I do think um, uh, you make a really good point. Um, interesting enough, on, on one of the major news uh, networks uh, over the weekend, uh, it was kind of an opinion piece on, you know, why is everyone so pessimistic about the outlook of, you know, kind of our future and all. And they were, they were listing the examples of, you know, unemployment at its lowest as it's ever been, um, you know, companies, there's so many, so many jobs and, you know, workers that, that can't even be found for them, um, et cetera, et cetera. The only really bad thing was the inflation rate. But still, when you counter that with all of the, the positives and, and, you know, the economic numbers and reports, uh, it was perplexing that, you know, why is there's such a gloom and doom outlook for the future. Uh, it's, and so, yeah. it's, it's so interesting because that drives me nuts too, where every day you know, I'm speaking to all these really smart people who are building platforms and apps and you know, doing these cool things, new innovations. And then I come home or I come home. I'm so used to saying that, you know, cause I am home, I'm remote. But then let's say after dinner and I'm putting on cable news to see what's going on. And then, Mike, like you're saying, doom, gloom, hate, everything is terrible. This is bad. That's bad. Ah. And you're like, wait a minute. I just spent the day. I spoke to this person who just built this amazing company and it's going to really help out people. And this one did this. And for some reason, I guess the fear, the hate, the doom and gloom sells more than like the positive stuff. So like the positive stuff kind of gets buried and you don't hear about it too much, which is really unfortunate. Because then I think that weighs on people. So if if you're just you know going on social media, just you know reading the news, watching cable news, yeah, you're gonna walk away feeling miserable and unhappy, and that could further you know kind of be be you know disengaged. So I, I wonder maybe maybe if people would not go on social media, <laughs> turn off the TV, and do something else, maybe maybe that would change it too. Uh, that that would be uh, such a welcome welcome um, uh, happening, you know, in, in my opinion. Um, but the reality is, uh, we both probably know that that won't occur. Um, yeah, it's you, you know. What? Let me just throw this last thing out before we kind of and it's I've seen when we when people were in the office, either you know an office I'm in or if I'm visiting an office, you could see there's always like a person. Um, who, who radiates, right? Who like is, you know, positive and, and people gravitate to him or her. And 
there's a good feel. But then there's also like this person that's just, you ever see that you walk into a room and you just feel it? I know this is sound weird, but like you ever go into like an office or anywhere and you just feel this really negative vibe, negative energy from it. And you're like, I don't just, I don't feel comfortable. And, and I think somehow we got to find a way or businesses and leaders have to find a way to kind of find those people who radiate and kind of deconstruct, like, what are you doing <laughs> that's working? Let's kind of get other people to do it too. And then for that person who just is, is, is like a energy sucker, you know, just, just, you know, saps all your energy to kind of say, all right, how can we change this around? So they just don't affect everybody around them. Or instead of writing them off, yeah, I would, you could talk to them and see why, yeah. the, why they are that way. Maybe they're just, you know, unhappy. And then what ways can you fix that? And I think that's up to the companies to, once again, just like assess. How great would that be? And I don't know if companies do this, where imagine you're in a company, right? And you could come in and you could text, email, voicemail, video message, knock on the door, whatever it is, and say to your boss, hey, listen, here's what's going on. I just want you to know. And then they can kind of just give the situation. Hey, the school's closed. I have three young kids. It's, I'm, I'm really challenged to, you know, to do it. I have a dog who's elderly and sick. I have a relative who's, who had COVID and trying to help that person. So if I'm not, you know, if, if you see, um, whatever, bear with me, that, does that happen anywhere? Is that a thing? Well, you've spoken to, I believe it was Ravi's company, is it Work yeah. Human, where they partner yeah. with companies. So if you have like a certain um, problem, you can just go, my dog's sick. Like you can literally ask it anything and then yeah. maybe it'll get you a vet. Or I think it's up to your company to like partner with, you know, you could partner with like the Calm app or just bring these kind of resources and tools to, to your employees. That's a good point. Now you may also remember Omar with that uh, with growth space where they offer, and this is really cool. They offer to companies um, um, coaching, um, mentorship, so that let's say, let's say you want to rise in the ranks, but management says, well, you know, you need to be a better public speaker. They would offer, hey, we'll give you coaching and how to be a better pub public speaker. So that's a good point, and that goes. To the question, and I apologize, I, I, I couldn't recall who the person was who asked that specific question, but this goes into the benefits and the money and all that, to have a company that offers those things. And what I would suggest too, if your company does it, and it doesn't, you know, and we're not, you know, chilling for like these two companies, we just know them and wrote about them and had them on our podcast, and they're really, you know, really doing good stuff. And there's just, there's, there's a lot of these places out there that offer, oh, like gym pass, plays like that, where you know, to help with fitness, mental health. So there's a lot out there that you can go to your company and say, hey, why don't, could we take a look at that? Because I think that could help all of us. Yeah, just like how you spoke about, you know, just not believing everything on the news because it only tells one narrative. I would encourage people just to do their own due diligence. Mm -hmm. Well, one, when it comes to current events, but also you can bring these ideas to your company and then see if they're willing to implement it. And if they're not, then, you know, are you still willing to work for a company that doesn't care about your happiness or engagement? That makes sense. And, and you know what, as a closing thought, I will say that 
Um, I think companies are open to hearing that and, and you know, listening to these ideas and acting upon them, you know, with, with, with actions uh, to help. And that could be one of the good things that came out from the great resignation, the pandemic, uh, you know, uh, disengagement as well. So, yeah, I think certainly I'm, I'm not sure if either of you agree on that, but I, I think, you know, companies as a whole and a majority absolutely are more open to that than they would have been pre-pandemic. So, so this is good. You know, it, it, these are one of these conversations that I love about LinkedIn Live, that it doesn't have to be, woo ah, you know, kind of wild, but it's just, there's a lot of people who are, I know who are going through this, who feel disengaged. And we saw this during the pandemic where we were trying to help people to get jobs and kind of just feel more confident. And the underlying thread was a lot of folks felt it's just me that it's happening to. And that was probably one of the worst parts because they felt everyone else is, is flourishing or at least doing okay, where I'm not. And that by bring, having these conversations, I hope one of the things that we could accomplish is, is sharing, hey, yeah, if you're feeling disengaged at work, it's not just you. I mean, this is something that's going on, but then there are ways to, 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 to overcome it. And I think that's very valuable that you, know, you could hear this, know this, and take action about it. Um, and then, Hey, before, before we end it, just let me throw out some ideas. See, we, we, didn't, we should have talked about this yesterday. There's another study where romances, I, would you have believed this, that romances are on the, were on the rise during the pandemic, you know, workplace romances? I, I believe it. When I was reading it, I was like, this makes sense because <laughs> you're cut off from your friends. So a lot of the time, if you, like I live alone. You and Mike, I talk to you more than my friends, my family. Yeah. So that makes sense that, you know, you were you were in constant correspondence with your coworkers. So it, it makes sense that you would strike up like a romance with them because they yeah. were all you were exposed to during this time. No, no, maybe even though it might be too late for Valentine's Day, maybe for well, like coming up in the next few days, we could talk more about it. Cause I was surprised. I'm like, how do you have the time? Like, what's going on? You're supposed to be at home. What, 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 what how, how is this happening? So maybe we could talk about that. We have, uh, you know, this is, this is kind of a sober thing. I don't know what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine and what that is going to mean for the job market. Uh, what to do when you feel stuck in your job, but you don't want to quit because you don't hate your job. You hate the people, but you just feel like I'm stuck. What do I do now? Um, we didn't get to this yet, the dino babies and who should be an extinct, extinct species. This is IBM is accused of ageism. And I know on LinkedIn, that is a big topic of conversation all the time. Um, wow. So we have a lot. I'm just looking through some of my stuff here. So, so we, we, we could have a lot of good stuff to talk about. And for folks watching this now, and then after we kind of upload it again and edit it, if you have, if you have comments, if, if you have different topics you want us to talk about, hit us up because we love doing this. This is great. I think it's really helpful for everybody. Um, and selfishly, it's a lot of fun to be able to share, you know, what we're seeing out there with everybody and, and hopefully help people. So, so thank you very much for watching and listening. And I hope, I hope you walked away with something valuable and Mike, Christine, any, any, any last thoughts? No, it's a, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having us, Jack. Oh, excellent. Thank you. Same thanks. here. Well, thanks everybody. And uh, we'll uh, be, I don't know if the same time tomorrow, Christine, what do you think? Is it keep the same time or? Well, tomorrow okay. you're doing something fun. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's yeah. right, yes. Right. Maybe, maybe I won't talk about it yet to make sure it goes off. Okay. So. okay. <laughs>
that, that I that I don't that I don't bomb out and it's all so good. On, that, on Thursday, Jack will have some fun things. Yes, to share. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and uh, all right, cool. So, so tomorrow, I guess maybe I could do it before I go or when I get back or something like that. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll figure it out. So, hope yeah, hopefully we'll all see you tomorrow. And then have a great day. Thank you very much for watching. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.